0: Okay, so, so I want to talk a little bit about being immovable and unshakable. And, and I've talked a little bit about that over the last six months because it needs to be talked about in this season because so much has tried to shake everything down to even how close you feel comfortable getting to another human being. Now, I'm letting you know right now, Jesus doesn't want you to stay six foot away from Him. Last time I checked, he said, draw near unto me and I'll draw near to you. So like, we got a little attraction going on, just getting through the six-foot barrier. <laughs> Briefly, before I jump into the meat of the message, well, I guess we are in the message already, but if you remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, at the moment of his death, a great earthquake fell across all of Jerusalem, right? Some would call that a shaking. Yeah? You see, in that moment, a, the, the curtain, you guys all heard of the curtain in the temple, right, that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of it, that really special place that one priest would go once a year. Do you know that that curtain was four inches thick? That's next level. I feel sorry for the, like the pole that held it up. <laughs> it's serious curtain material, man. Like, can you imagine, like, yeah, we just finished three, three and a half decades of sewing this curtain. It's a massive curtain. But that thing, you you can't, I mean, if you took a really sharp sword, you're going to have trouble cutting a three-inch curtain in half. Like, three-inch deep, not just, you guys get what I'm saying, right? That thing just tore in two. But at the same time as that shaking, the Bible says that many received their dead back from the grave. Now that's trippy, dude. Dude. So there's people that may be dead several years just walking through Jerusalem. I mean, who made the rule book that they had to die yesterday? Anyways, that's that's a whole nother conversation. You guys know um, uh, Saint Patrick? I preached about I preached about him about three four years back. I think it was about three years ago. Do you know that he raised the guy from the dead that was three years dead? That's history. That's recent history. A recent-ish history. Three years dead. How do you put that in your theology? Thriller. <laughs> 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 dun, 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 dun. So, so what I want to say out of that is that shakings happen, but when you're in the kingdom, good things come out of them. The next thing I want to say, real quick, before I jump into a couple of scriptures, the for those of you that were listening uh, or tuned in when we broadcasted our Passover service online. Because of the shutdown thing, the COVID thing, uh, we did the the week of Passover leading up, and there is really a two to three day period that the 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 Jewish Sanhedrin, which is the it's essentially the great council of all of this, all of the Pharisees and the the, the chief the chief Pharisees, right? Between them, Herod and Pilate, there's two and a half days, maybe three. Okay, there's a If you look at the maps, there's a lot of going back and forward. So then with that, the Romans also, we know that the Romans beat him, they whipped him, they scourged him, they they put a crown of thorns on his head, they mocked him, they did all these things to him. And this is what it says of Jesus. He did not cry out. I don't know if you get that, because it's easy to be neutral to ancient history. But his story is still playing. So it's not history anymore. It's foundation to who you are now. So Jesus literally went all the way up Calvary, carrying his cross, and he didn't cry. Now, that doesn't mean he wasn't in pain. It just means he didn't tap out. He didn't beg for mercy. He didn't try and negotiate when he could have easily with Pilate. Jesus was the greatest orator that you could have ever been is the greatest orator he could have just literally read Pilate's mail or here's a classic modern he could have given Pilate a little word of knowledge to like gain favor with him I'm seeing a cat on your mother's side But he didn't do any of that. He literally walked through difficulty unshakable. He was not begging, crying, whimpering like a dog. He didn't do any of that stuff. He walked through the most grueling, That the Romans say, and history really confirms, the Romans were master torturers. And they say that crucifixion is one of the most, if not the most painful ways of dying at that point in history. Because it was all this physical pain and asphyxiation at the same time. So it was a long, drawn-out five, six-hour death. It's like a slow drowning. And yet none of it, not even at the end when Jesus is all the energy in life is starting to come to an end in his body, not his spirit, his body. He still finishes strong. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Do you see, that is not someone who was breaking and crumbling at the end of, the, of hell, throwing everything at them. That is someone that has stayed on mission, that is looking the goals in the eye and being faithful to the Father. And, you know, Jesus, he literally said, you know, those that come after me will do even greater works. And we think about raising the dead, and that stuff's important. I just talked about it. We think about healing people and miracles and becoming famous preachers so we can buy big houses. No. Just checking. But some people do. It's an industry. But actually... Greater works might also include walking unshakable through seasons of hardship. Because we do that with God's strength, not ours, right? Where we don't start negotiating with the devil or compromising or lowering our intensity. Well, I don't think I can give the same amount of passion to Jesus right now because I'm hurting. See, Jesus didn't break. That's our model. Me to encourage someone today. This has been a crazy year. This has been a year of insanity. This has been a year where there's, there are spiritual elements. Just, just because the news is reporting certain things, that doesn't mean that what it is reporting is actually the real issue. The, the news and the media is trying to put a, a secular or humanistic or natural perspective on spiritual matters. There are spiritual issues and and, and spirits and, and, and atmospheres that are pulling for people's attention, people's worship. Politics has become the latest God of America, 100%. You're about to watch a whole lot of pol- political worshipers having tantrums over the next few months. But that's what happens when you don't put God where He should be. Anyways, we'll leave that right there if you're offended. I'm not sorry, it's the truth. If you are more obsessed with what's happening in the White House and politics than you are about seeking God every day, you have another God. Yeah, and it's snuck real nicely into the church. Anyways, we'll leave that one right there. Would anyone like a side of mashed potatoes with that? (laughs) And gravy. (laughs) And so, like, you just see Jesus who walked with what I would describe as kingdom regalty through crushing. And some of us are, no, let me back up on that. All of us, on some measure, are feeling a push, a pressure a crushing, whether it's just trying to grab your emotions or your reflexes or it's trying to grab your bank account or fearing about your future or your, you know, well, well, you know, we believe that God created a man and woman equal and, and, and God created marriage and actually that's between a man and a woman. Well, oh, actually, we better be careful how we say that now. No, no, that's a demonic pressure I'm trying to back you down from the truth. We're not ashamed here, guys. I bow to Jesus, not media. So you have to choose which statue you're going to bow down to. There's only one. You, people think you can cancel stuff, just wait till the afterlife. My Bible tells me that you shouldn't fear man, that can kill your body. You should fear God, who can kill the body and afterwards destroy the soul in hell. That's scripture. Oh, we don't like talking that kind of stuff because it's very, you know, it's not accessible and it's very scary. Um, No, it's called truth. We're not ashamed of the gospel here. It helps you see straight. It might make you a little hurt for a minute. It might make you a little disorientated for a minute. It might even make you feel a little offended for a minute, but it will set you free. And if you've been worshipping secularism and humanism, then you're going to see, think that I'm a very, very horrible man. And that's your problem. Because I'm happy. <laughs> Anyways, well, that's very aggressive. I don't I We just need a bunch of people that fear God more than people. And that's going to be my final answer. I don't need to call the crowd or have a 50-50 guess on that. We just need to fear God. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, let's go. I want to talk about this unmovable and shakable thing. Because we need to become immovable. And you can't do that by, you know, having a five-year plan, saving for retirement, putting a 401k together, that's not being immovable. Well, I've diversified my investments. Dude, have you diversified your soul as well? That got awkward. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, which means family, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We talked about that earlier. I'm not going to go into that too much more. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, which means strategies, or tactics of the enemy, or the devil. Not people, the devil. Because we don't wrestle against people, we wrestle against spiritual atmospheres. But the last church I went to told me that Jesus did it all, and I don't have to do anything now. You were told wrong, because right here in your Bible, not just mine, you were told to put on the armor of God. It doesn't say, get the pom-poms and your little ballerina dress for the ladies. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Well, what are we putting armor on for, God? War. You don't put armor on for anything else. Maybe some of you think it's okay to dress up in different things and go out and do this Halloween thing that you think is socially acceptable here. You think it's cool putting your kids, dress them up, look like witches and demons? And then you come back to church and tell them to talk about Jesus and the angels? You're confusing them. Let's just go hang out with the devil for a minute and then let's go back to God. Oh, we're 2 in Jesus. We got here... For, I'm going to take a second out for a minute. Look what you made me do. <laughs> Let's put that, set, put that message on pause. We got here from New Zealand, which is a blown country, okay? It's blown. Messed up. All kinds of wrong happening in New Zealand. But we got here, and we, we didn't have Halloween like this. When we get here, and there's like 20-foot inflatable witches in Christians' backyards. We're looking at each other like, do these people worship the same Jesus? You think, it's, you think that's funny? I mean, there ain't no witches in heaven. Well, it's just really cute. It's for the candy. So if someone gives you candy, you're going to get in their car. There is, a, there is a messed up backyard down the road from our street. And it's got like a mannequin with blood all over it, and, and it's decapitated. And there's a little Chucky doll decapitated holding its own head. And I said to Bex, I said, Babe, I'm feeling a little bit of the spirit of David coming on me. I said, What if you drove down the street and I'm lassoing out the side of the car and I just like grab that thing in the middle of the night and drive off? We'll put it out of its own misery. <laughs> Seriously, stop and think about this for a second. Well, don't insult our culture. This is what we've always done. Go to hell then. Do you want to come tell them about Mexico?
1: Okay, I feel fiery about Halloween. We're not trying to offend anyone, but there has to be a shift in culture because American culture is not all good, even though it's harmless. And we're, you know, we'll send missionaries to go to other countries and to tell them to stop doing their kind of weird cultural rituals, okay? And we went to Mexico, and they told us that witches there literally fly around on broomsticks. And you, we we have missionaries going there saying, hey, hey, whoa, like, don't do witchcraft, don't fly around on broomsticks, American missionaries. But then they'll come home and have their Halloween and dress up their kid like a witch, on a broomstick it's like you want to go to another country and tell them how to do it but you yourself live a different way if it's about the candy and the fun throw throw a party for them and have candy and fun and dress up at that party because what you do in this life affects eternity and we, are, we, have, we have come as missionaries to America from New Zealand to shift the culture. Because sometimes when you grow up in something, it doesn't seem as harmless because you've been conditioned to see it as normal. And he brought us in to say, hang on a minute, there needs to be a shift in culture here. Because you have Christians trying to bind devils on Sunday, and then come Halloween Monday, they want to dress their kid up in that same devil they're trying to have authority over. It's about the candy, is it? Throw them a party and let them dress up and have candy and say, We don't do Halloween, we do something better. Okay, there you go. Get up, mama.
0: I've literally seen someone getting delivered of a demon. This is a true story. If this one put the fear of God on you, then I don't know what will. Just go hang out in a coven, maybe. I've literally seen someone having a a, a demonic spirit cast out of them and they were saying all the right things and all of a sudden the person wasn't there anymore and the demon started talking out of the person and said, pointed at the person and said, you have no authority over me because you can't talk it. You've got to live this thing. The Bible says, avoid even the very appearance of evil. Okay, so that witch's hat looks like evil you're commanded to avoid it. Not suggestion, not we've always done it, you're commanded to avoid it. I don't need to say anything else. That's, you think I'm wrong? I don't care. You're wrong. <laughs> 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 I know, look, I know what I'm saying is hard to swallow for some of you because it has been tradition of everything you've ever done. But guys, we, we, so there's certain things that we've just done the same way our whole lives until we have a moment Like Paul, who used to be Saul, he just grew up thinking it was good to kill Christians. This is what we do. We kill Christians. He had the bumper stickers and everything. (laughs) True? Until one day, Jesus came and spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Uh, Well, stop it, Jesus. You don't really care about how I feel. No, Jesus is like, no, I died to break you free from that stuff. This isn't about how safe you feel right now. It's actually about getting you out of the unsafe stuff. So I know it's, it's easy to get offended in moments like this because we're such an easily offended culture. We use, it. We use, we use offense like a meal voucher that buys us things. That's not kingdom. That's Satan. Well, I've been worship leading for God all this time and he hasn't given me the throne. Let's have a war. That's Satan. That culture is Satan. Anyways, let's let's jump back in to where we were, shall we? (laughs) Okay, so the strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities' powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's talking, and I'm I'm just going to make it very simple, it's talking about four tiers or four categories of hell's hierarchy. That's what's happening there. That's not just some weird, like, descriptive allegory. That's talking about principalities, like generals, lieutenants, all the way down to privates. Okay, that's all I'm going to say there. We'll come back to that another time. But in case you've ever wondered, that's what that means. In heavenly places, which means the spiritual realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the evil day, and having done all, to stand, and stand therefore, girded with your waist, uh, sorry, your waist with truth, the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, You might want to call that your your metal bulletproof jacket. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith for which you... See, And guys, you can't take up the shield of faith on just what you want to believe. Faith is everything God says. Everything God says. Not the parts you are comfortable with. Unfortunately, some of us actually need to meet the real Jesus and the real Father God, because a lot of us grew up with with God that would never ask you to do difficult things, but would see it pleasurable to pierce his own son on the cross. So if God will pierce his, son on, his own son on the cross so that you could go free and tell you to take up armor and tell you not to be confused when trials and tribulations and testings happen to you, what gospel have we been listening to? That's why so many Christians have a short shelf life. It's like me trying to tell my kids they can't live at Chuck E. Cheese. Actually, I think Chuck E. Cheese might be closed now forever. You just can't pick what you want to do and then just ignore everything else. So, when we take up the shield of faith, everything you say, God, I believe. And everything you've commanded me to do, I believe it. Everything you've promised me, I believe. Whether it's happened when I want it to or not, whether it's easy or it's not, God, I trust you. And I know that I might not be walking through easy times in my life, but I know that you're good and I know that you are the author and the finisher. You didn't just start my book and say, I'll get around to it one day. You have written the end of my book, and if I walk with you, it's going to work out right. See, we just have to know, Like what you guys know one of my favorite scriptures in Daniel, is like those that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. If you don't know your God, or if you know another God but call him Jesus, you're weak, and you're not going to do anything. Does this make sense? We really love people at this church, but love actually tells the truth. It It doesn't lie and then say, we love you and just go do whatever you want. It actually says, you might reject me, you might walk away, you might never come back to this church, but at least I've done my duty and told you what you need to know and been honest with you about what the kingdom actually expects. Taking the shield of faith for which you'd be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, I thought Jesus did it all. Then why, why are arrows flying at me? And if part of my shield's broken because I didn't want to accept that part of the truth, why are arrows hitting me? Come on. What's happening to my life? Well, you only did it on your terms. Some of you all be running around with like a little little knickknack shield and a butter knife. I'm in the army of God. Woohoo! Let's dance. <laughs> I mean, if we're honest, myself included, we all had one of those days where we stepped up to fight and we realized we didn't have the right gear. It's happened to all of us. Me too. And you take a whooping and like, what happened? And God's like, mm-hmm. I was trying to tell you. I was trying to use the preacher to tell you. I was trying to use use the book to to tell you, but you wouldn't even read it. You gathered like three millimeters of dust. You wiped it off so no one would see it. So it could sit there another three months. (laughs) You know it's true. We all just have to be a little humble and honest. Okay? And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Not your opinion. Your opinions can't fight this. Your experience can't fight it. Jesus came to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, God, you know, I kind of think it would be cool if we could do this a different way. And God doesn't answer. God's just like, mm. And Jesus is like, nevertheless, moving right along, not, your, not my will, but yours be done. True. Awesome. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always. Not just when you need God. Not just when an emergency broken out. Praying always. That, that looks like relationship with God. I talked about prayer. If you missed Tuesday nights, cry out where I talked about prayer. It was Tuesday night, right? I talked about prayer. And Sunday. Both, both, yeah. So last Sunday and Tuesday night I talked about prayer. And it, it, it's really, guys, it's conversation with God, not ritualistic chanting. We need to get that cleared up. Prayer is con- relational conversation with God, not chanting and saying, that, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this food and thank you for dying on the cross. Amen. Like, dude, that didn't mean nothing. It's because you've learned how to just robot it. He wants you to be present in the moment. God, how are you today? i had a rough day, but I know you're, I know you're good. And I just, I just thank you and I know you're going to encourage me. And I just pray you'd bless this food. How about we actually talk to God? hello, let's talk to God, not, that's all God here. It sounds like a car coming up down the street from like ways back, you know? Good old faithful. <laughs> <laughs> and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, for me, for the utterance that it may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly. Some of you have been around too many whip preachers. Boldly. To make known for the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Okay. There's a little passage at the beginning of this, this passage of Scripture that we just read, and it says, Having done all, stand. Okay, so we put all this stuff on, what do we do? We stand. Even when that big old nasty creature, the devil, has come breathing right in your face and he's telling you everything's gonna fall apart. We stand. We are sons and daughters of God. We are immovable. See, we can't just say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When the devil shows up, we run away. And then there's actually got to be some stickability to us. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 15. I'm going to read from verse 20. And I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall, that they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. They're just going to spin their tires. The devil's going to try and take you out, and it's just going to look like he's spinning in the mud. Nothing's going to happen. See, when an army comes against you, it's a very real threat. And it's easy to, like, watch movies and talk about it. But when it's your life and pressure comes on and it feels like, am I going to fight or flight? I feel like all the cells in my body are vibrating and I'm about to run away right now. That's where I need to stand. Because there's so much more that we can't see. Come on. You notice it says, and I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall. It's not about you. God's got this. Dude, it is mathematically, physically, emotionally, spiritually impossible that David slew Goliath. That story is just not real. That shouldn't have happened. A 14-year-old boy Kills a tank. Like, that story shouldn't happen. But that's because God made him something that he wasn't. And everything that Goliath was going to do was going to just be taken out anyways. We need to stop just looking at the, wow, that was a beautiful story for David. What a moment. And stand in your own moments. Just start saying, you know what, I feel like everything. But you know what, God's for me in this. And God's going to make me like a fortified bronze wall. And I'm sick and tired of running, and I'm sick and tired of like giving up stuff, and I'm sick and tired of compromising, and I just need to stand my ground because God's with me. doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter if the devil's got the little pin pad to make you default into running. You just need to say, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm going to stand. I'm going to hold my ground, and I'm going to watch the goodness of God. God's going to provide me. I don't know how I'm going to pay my taxes, but God's going to do it. So we just need to get decided on this stuff. You know what? This is going to work out. And sometimes you need to be your own counselor preacher just saying, you know what? I don't know how, but I know that God will. Honestly, like there have been some times where I've got up in the morning and I just feel the intimidation of the atmosphere around me. And I just feel like, man, is, is there any hope? I should just go back to bed. I should just like slowly crawl under the pillow and see if no one notices. But that's not who I am. Sometimes you just need to go look in the mirror and say, you know what? God has this figured out. And I know it sounds cheesy, and it you know, might be like some kind of Tony Robbins blow. I don't care. Tony Robbins stole it from God, whatever. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord, not Tony Robbins, okay? <laughs> sometimes, you gotta, sometimes you just got to pull a little David and just say, you know what? God is for me. Who can be against me? God's going to supply... God's going to break through. His name is Jehovah Perez, the Lord that breaks through. And you just, you just need to talk to yourself and preach to yourself and praise yourself out of a place where you're getting ready to run. Immovable, unshakable. Because if you don't run, then the shaking still might go past you, but it's not going to touch you. Psalms 91. And, and some things that were walled off before, four-inch curtains are going to rip open. Physically Impossible. Physically impossible. You know a breeze didn't rip that curtain, right? God's, God the Father just came down. No one saw Him. He's like, I'm done with these priests keeping me order themselves. It's open season, baby. That's what He did. He tore it up. And at the same time, graves started opening because resurrection power is available to you on the right side of a shaking. I'm going to land. I know I've gone way, a little bit over. Actually, we're not too bad. We've got another hour. Spirit of fear just sweep in the rumors. Break it, break it, break it. And they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, says the Lord." and i will deliver you from the hand of the wicked and i will redeem you from the grip of the terrible come on is that not an awesome scripture that's a promise yeah this isn't one of those verses that you could like this is not the verse that people go well that's under the old covenant now that that died at the cross no it didn't that's alive it's working for me. It's working for you. Last scripture and we're going to go home, okay? Or we'll pray for some of you. Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, someone needs to say that. No weapon formed against me shall succeed. You see, we have this misconception that the devil can't touch us. That is not true. Your fear gives him permission like your faith gives God permission. Your fear gives the devil more permission than you would ever want to believe to be true. And you shop to church every week. If you live in fear, you're a slave. You are. And you need need the freedom and the goodness of God to touch your life where it breaks off and you walk in legitimate freedom. But that doesn't mean that there aren't the anvils in hell making weapons. The workshops in hell, the blacksmiths in hell making weapons with your name on it. We already covered this in the last scripture, right? That's why God gave us armor. But having done all, stand. I don't need to look for trouble. Trouble is coming to find me. It is. Don't say that. Don't declare that. Don't confess that. It's a fact. I have a target on me. Hell does not like me. Hell does not like you. This might not be a gospel you've been taught, but this is a real gospel. Because on the backside of you worrying about, like, if this is what I'm saying is true, there's a whole bunch of scriptures I could talk about Why does trouble keep finding you then? Because the devil's trying to slow you down, believing God, because when you believe God, there's nothing that can't happen. And the weird part is, but the awesome part is, that God allows the devil to come after us so that we would be tested and refined to have perfect faith. Perseverance and maturity. Hello? Have you guys been reading? you... If you read your Bibles lately, you'll know what I'm saying is 100% biblical. Dearly beloved, do not think it's strange when various trials and testings come to you. It is the, the testing of your faith. Patience, perseverance, perfection would take place in your faith. Yeah? So, hell thinks that it has an opportunity to take you out and the weapons are very real. They are not Nerf guns. They're real. Fear, when they, because those things have very real threats. Fear gives them permission to prevail. But an immovable spirit says, I see you, but that tumor's going to die as it sits. Come on. This is, this is easy, like I said before, this is real easy to be cynical and critical and speculate off until you have a devil knocking on your door. But the, reality, the sad thing is, is we run to preachers to help us when we actually have enough fuel, if we've stewarded it well, to actually be able to deal with the stuff with the Holy Ghost ourselves. It's not, that, it's not that we need ministers and preachers, we do, but it would be a much better story if you'd been walking with God right all along. God didn't want to create a codependent society. He wanted to create an empowered society that everyone walks in the Spirit of God and everyone walks free from fear and everyone walks in the miraculous. If every person here in this room would just go full, unhinged, completely sold out for God, living completely for Him, this room would turn this nation upside down. That's a fact. That's a fact. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, which is witchcraft, speaking about witchcraft here, word curses. Do You guys understand that the tongue is mightier than the sword? How do you think that cancer died, that, that brain tumor? Well, don't, don't. No, I'm not taking the credit from God. It's God's power, but I'm stewarding it because Jesus gave it to me. I'm not burying my talent like you. Remember the parable? He buried his talent. No, I'm not saying that, generalizing across the room. I'm not saying that. But Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me. Now I give it to you. What are you, you going to do with it? Sit there and criticize people that are using it? <laughs> ho, ho, ho! True. See, we're all called to this. We've been taught to gather in a stadium and watch one man burn. We've been brainwashed to do that. But that's not what Jesus came to set up. He came to set up a family that all walk in this. Come on. Am I telling the truth or what? (sighs) So... Every tongue that rises in judgment, okay, everything that speaks evil of you, whether that be in the spiritual realm or in the natural realm, people agreeing with the demonic. You ever found your head just spinning and you can't think straight and feel like you're losing yourself? That's actually witchcraft. What do you mean witchcraft? We live in 2020. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. We've been so candied with materialism here that we don't even know that stuff. You come with me to third world countries, I'll show you witchcraft. It's here. It just hide behinds red fast cars and nice houses and rich lifestyles. It's here. And it's here more full on than you could ever imagine. Well those people that you watch on those big silver screens doing that stuff behind the scenes to get themselves to those places. That's another story. That's too much. If you want to hide. So no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment you condemn. See, that's actually saying that witchcraft comes against you like an assignment, like a spell, like a curse. If you leave it, it's going to actually have influence over your life. But it's actually telling us in this passage that in judgment we condemn it. So I cancel those words when I catch it. I say, I break the power of all of those words that have been sent out. Hello? We've just been too westernized. The West thinks it's so spiritual. We're probably the most complacent culture on the planet. Fact. We're the most lazy. apathetic sleepy culture there is that's why you that's why you love dead churches in this territory they give you a hall pass to be dead too not sorry i'm gonna stand on that um there's a tug of war right now i'm gonna win it's not that i look i understand Like i've never been to a church where someone's pushed me around so much but that's why they crucified Jesus too. Because he came to challenge a system that everyone had fallen in love with. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Say, that's me. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This is a good way to end the story. God is literally saying, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, that your righteousness is from God. So you can walk in His righteousness as long as you're not having some secret love affair with some dark devil lifestyle. And by the way, that's not you know, necessarily around a cauldron and a pentagram. That might look like a pornography addiction. That might look like a drug addiction. Come on, seriously. That might look like just a lying, cheating, and stealing addiction. You want the truth, or should I bring more candy next week? (laughs) Because you guys like candy. (laughs) This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. What is heritage? Inheritance. That's what it is. It's an inheritance. So you cannot buy your righteousness. You inherit it but you have to steward it well. You can't say, I've got God's righteousness. I'm going to live with all this secret, weird, sketchy stuff. That's why the scriptures go on to say, can you join Jesus in a harlot or a prostitute? Jesus don't want to hang out with your prostitute. Jesus is going to be taken off. Hello? I know this is very full on for church, but this is very real. See, so God's calling us to stand firm. And some of us have lost a ton of battles in the past because on one hand we say, I go to church and Jesus is my Lord. But on the other hand, we have this compromise so that when the enemy comes, the testing of our resolve breaks. And we find ourselves retreating. We find ourselves getting overrun. We find that hell can bring destruction at different times in our life. But when we divorce ourselves from that stuff and actually stand under the righteousness of God, you become immovable. You do. You just start, like, things just start happening. Doesn't mean bad things won't happen. They're going to happen. But God's going to take care of you. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're gonna, I'm going to land real quick. Father, I thank you, God, right now, that you, are, you, are, you have challenged this whole room today. And you're challenging us to not be wavering, but to be decided, to, to be immovable, to actually not have compromise, to be one single focus. And I pray, God, right now in Jesus' name, that you would just shake things in us that shouldn't be there. Some of us need to pray that. Some of us have things in our lives that actually are are a conflict of interest, if I could say it like that. And, and, And some of us have been struggling because we're still in love with that stuff and we don't know how to let it go. Here's how we do it. Jesus, I ask that you would come in and that you would look through my whole life And find any area that you're not into. That you would show me. That you would convict me. And then you would set me free. God, give me a hatred for everything in my life that you hate. I know you love me. But I know there's some things in my life that you're not okay with. So I ask you to come and set me free so that I would be firmly founded and I would be unmovable and unshakable in you. In Jesus' name. And I pray that you would give me boldness and courage to walk this life in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. This is awesome. If anyone needs prayer, if, if something I said, today really shook you or you feel kind of shaken or even offended, please come and talk to us. I'm more than happy to talk stuff through with you and explain things and hear what you're walking through. We've got a team here that, that we, we love people, guys. We're here for people. We're here to build people's lives. But sometimes if you go to the gym, the train is not just going to sit down and tickle you with like a little duster. They're going to actually put you through paces that cause a little bit of pain and strain. And that's because that, you know, like, you know, it talks about sweat is fat leaving the body. It's fat crying. And sometimes we just need to have a little cry and let the stuff in us that's, that shouldn't be there just wash out, <laughs> amen. We love you guys. Have a blessed day. Please, if you're new here, please come and meet us. We want to meet you. This is a family community. All right, guys? Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. Have a good week. Tuesday night online. We'll be back here next Sunday.